Welcome back to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I am your host, Drew Devitt, and with me today is one of my favorite co-hosts on planet Earth, Luke Beer. No Sterling Carroll on, on No Sterling Carroll tonight. But it's just gonna be a two-man show with us tonight, and I am very excited to get back into the swing of things a little bit. How you doing, dude? Dude, first show of 2023. Had a lot unfold, had a lot go down. But it is so nice to be back. I am, is, I've missed doing this. It's been a while, but I am ready to roll, man. We got so much to catch up on from our last episode, but it's it's really nice to be back in the saddle. Yeah, a lot's happened uh, since our last episode. Pretty much the entirety of the NFL playoffs. Uh, we were watching it from afar. Uh, if you followed us on our Twitter, at 2IG Takes, we gave up a lot of our uh, our thoughts as they were coming through for the uh, for the postseason. Um, a very fun NFL postseason, and I think that was a great little bow that we tied together in that Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Eagles. It was a really fun matchup. What a great game. I mean, Mahomes was able to show that he's still good, um, obviously, and deserved MVP, but um, Travis Kelsey said it. The entire football world said it. We cannot deny Jalen Hurts' a dominating performance behind center. I mean... Even Travis Kelsey, again, like I just mentioned, he said if, regardless of who won, you could have made a very solid argument for Hurts to win Super Bowl MVP that game because he's the sole reason that Philly was still in that game to the end. Yeah, he he did a lot of things special. Um, It was just a few bounces of the ball that kind of went Kansas City's way, a few calls at the end. Um, But Jalen Hurts, incredible performance. Um, just that I feel like that strip sack uh, fumble for a touchdown, that was Changed pretty it. huge. Um, not taking away from Jalen Hurts' performance, but I'm, uh, people are forgetting about that play a little bit. Um, that was pretty pivotal. Um, however, uh, very, very, very dominant performance by him. The ball that he threw up to A.J. Brown and the, and the adjustment that A.J. Brown made mid-route, incredible that, uh, uh, to catch that, uh, that touchdown to extend their lead. That was awesome. Very great, uh, very great game. Um, the, really, the only thing that kind of stunk about that Super Bowl, in my opinion, was that it was a very, very anticlimactic ending, uh, which kind of stunk because the game was very back and forth, very entertaining. Uh, Rihanna put on a show on halftime. Like, it was a great day. Um, pretty much everything day. went right, except, except there was a James Bradbury called hold that I believe was a hold. Uh, a lot of people didn't think so. I did think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's tough, especially in that spot if you want to make that call in that situation. Yeah. But it's a it's a tough I mean, spot yeah. call. It was the right call. Uh, just just kind of unfortunate, you know. I'd rather see Mahomes, you know, deliver a strike to Kadarius Tony or Juju or Travis Kelsey in the end oh, zone. Oh, sure, to, yeah, and then have Jalen. Make make Jalen actually because uh, he had been playing so well. Make Jalen, you know, put a drive together to try to get a uh, himself in field goal position to see if uh, what what would happen. You know, um, mm-hmm. he had proven himself all game. He's the most poised quarterback I have ever witnessed in my in my, my entire life. He's just cool as a cucumber. Um, I love Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm very interested to see how the Eagles adjust in the off season, losing both their offensive and defensive coordinators to head coaching positions with your two favorite teams mm-hmm. in the NFL, ironically. Ain't that some um, crazy shit. But I mean, they got a lot they got a lot going on for them. Um and I expect Philly to be pretty good again next year, as long as they can fill those positions semi you know, decent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, future's bright in Philly. Jalen Hurts is going to be the answer there for years to come. Um, and this was just a flash of what he's capable of, what he's been capable of since he got into the league. Um, and yeah, I expect Philly to reach a couple more Super Bowls while Hurts is out there on the field. And as, as long as he's in Philly, which I expect to be a long time because they got their guy and he's he should be their guy for the rest of his career. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for fans of the other teams in the NFC East. Those Cowboys fans, sorry, Sterling. They're, they're Jalen Hurts is him. Like they, they look good. Yep. Uh, Commanders fans, I don't even know if you exist. 
Um, and whoever else is in the NFC East, I'm blanking right now. Who else is in the NFC East? Giants. <laughs> I'm forgetting the last. Thank you. The New York Giants. Poor football Giants. Hey, Danny Dimes is up and coming. Daniel, man. Dan- who knows? Danny Dimes. Whew. But, um. Yeah, who knows? To pivot it a little bit to the Chiefs. Um, like Mahomes said, in a what a lot of people consider to be a reconstruction year for the Chiefs, uh, you know, people thought they weren't going to be as dynamic. Um, they won the Super Bowl, and rightfully so. They were the first or second best team the entirety of the of the year. Um, Mahomes winning the MVP was almost unanimous. Like he had an incredible year, first in touchdowns, first in passer efficiency, first in yards. Uh, it was it was just quietly one of the best quarterback seasons of all time. Um, and he has just kind of become the perfect quarterback. Uh, it's really hard to nitpick anything about Mahomes' game. And now, you know, five seasons in as a as a starter, he has rings, plural, rings. Uh, rings. I look at him a lot like Aaron Rodgers, but he now has two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs and two MVPs, you know, his five years as a starter. Like, it's very crazy. There's going to be a, a GOAT debate, you know, in five, ten years, in my opinion. Like, he can – I could hear people out uh, for him being, you know, better all time than Marino and Manning and Elway. Like, it's it's close, in my opinion. It's crazy. Dude, if he keeps this up as one of the bigger Manning defenders amongst football fans and myself, I'd – very much could see an argument if Mahomes keeps up this pace of play and the rate that he's being successful, he'll easily enter that conversation by the time he retires if he keeps us up. Like, dude is just, I mean, like all these other great quarterbacks, you look at Brady, Manning, all these guys, there's a different aspect of the game now with it too, to where, yeah, these guys were all crazy in their pass accuracy and setting all these passing yard records, but the game now has evolved to where you need to be a mobile quarterback to be as successful as Hertz and Mahomes have been, especially Mahomes. Um, and if you look at that side of the ball, I think Mahomes is already very well heading towards that conversation. Absolutely. People, people for years have called Tom the goat and Aaron Rodgers the most talented quarterback in the league, but Mahomes simultaneously is doing both. Like he's the most talented yep. quarterback in the league. And he's winning Super Bowls. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, everyone yeah. else is fighting for two. Is it Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you know, Lamar, Justin Herbert? Like, is it any of those guys for number two? Like, it. everyone's fighting t- for second place right now. It's crazy how good Mahomes is. And yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, giving him as much credit as, as I am, but I kind of have to. Uh, this hurts a lot as a Raiders fan. I really don't want to. But he's incredible. Understandable, man. No, I get it. It's, yeah, dude's just, Mahomes is him. And it's like the same argument earlier. It's like when you make the MJ and LeBron goat argument, two different eras of the game, two completely different contributions to the game. And so, I mean, we're going to get to that point between Mahomes and like Brady, because Brady obviously was never the most mobile quarterback, as we saw up until his retirement this offseason. Um yeah, once we get there, we'll get there. And Mahomes is definitely, if he keeps up what he's doing, he's going to end up in that conversation, even as much as I want to punch his stupid brother in the fucking mouth. Totally agree. I was very sad of how quickly I saw some Jackson Mahomes content on, on Twitter. Him running out just... behind Pat. You see him right out there and hit that little move with his phone right behind Pat doing an interview. Yeah. If there's anything to nitpick and... Mahomes' game, it's he has a brother. It's very sad. Hey, and then you look at the flip side of that, and Tom Brady makes out with his kids. So every potential goat has their fl- familial flaw, I guess. They have, it just runs in the genes. <laughs> it's got to be, man. Um, that's, something, something's got messed that's up. The, I, t- I agree. The, <laughs> the one thing that I've been seeing a lot that I don't necessarily agree with is the uh, putting him up there with Tom. I'm okay arguing that Mahomes is, you know, already better than Manning, Marino, Elway, and the, you know, those guys that are, and Mon- and Joe Montana, 
Like once uh, you, if you want to say that he's above those guys, sure. Like I get it. He has two Super Bowl rings, but I don't love people already trying to say that he's better than Tom. Um, Tom to me has been is the goat. Period. Like it's gonna take a lot for a lot more for Mahomes. Like I need to see this for, for longevity wise. That's why Tom's the, Tom's a goat. His longevity that he's played throughout, you know, his twenty two years in the NFL. I believe it was twenty two. Uh, yeah, crazy. Like uh, the longevity aspect is something to uh, to Mahomes that I'm gonna have to see before I crown him the goat. Um, especially because it took so long, like so so unbearably long for people to call Tom the undisputed goat of the NFL. Like the, as soon as he won. His ring against the Falcons, I feel like that was like the moment where people was like, "All right, it, that's him. It, he's the he's the greatest of all time." But I mean, people for so long kept trying to argue Joe Montana, and I just never saw it. And 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 I feel like that also needs to be you know given to Mahomes a little bit. Like give him some more time. Like let Tom be at the top for a while because it's gonna take a lot more than what Tom did to p- surpass Joe. Than for Mahomes, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's like you said. I mean, the only time I really saw age and longevity being a problem for Brady was this last season. Um, and I, I agree with three years old, exactly. And the fact that it took this long to show anything is why he is undeniably the greatest of all time for football. Um, but at the same time, with Mahomes, I think it's too early on to make a lot of comparisons for him to the goat but at the same time or even with some of the other great all-time great quarterbacks um but with Brady the only thing I could ever say with that is you can start the dialogue of Mahomes is on his way to be in that conversation there's no way he should be compared whatsoever right now he's only played five years yeah he's got two rings and it's been a dominant fight jumping the gun a little bit man no, they are, and it's, yeah, Mahomes has only been playing five years, two rings, which is an incredible feat already within just being a starter for five years, but people need to relax a little bit. This is, Mahomes and Tom Brady is like, I, I can't even make like an NBA comparison, but it's just, you can't, you cannot be having that conversation yet, not even close. Not yet, but I mean, it's it's a conversation that will be needed to have in three plus years, I would think. Um, Definitely. Right now, I'm just, hey, he's he's Aaron Rodgers with multiple rings, which is crazy by itself. I feel like that would be enough praise. No, I, I 100% agree. All right. I think that's a, a, that's a good little bow for the, the NFL season in itself. I mean, we now have 200 plus days until the... NFL kicks off again. Um, we are now in officially an NFL off season. There's a lot of question marks with a lot of franchises, the NFL draft and combine coming up. Uh, we'll be covering that uh, in future episodes and who we like, who we hope our teams uh, key in on a little bit. Um, but you know, 200 plus days. So it was a great season, the 2022, 2023 season. Um, and I am really excited to get more into the swing of the NBA and March Madness right around the corner, man. Hell yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one thing I'm going to miss for sure about the NFL season are a sweet little, uh, uh, what did we call the plays? Um, they're, they're just ridiculous prop picks. Uh, I forget what, what was oh. that segment called. Lu- Lucius's ludicrous props and plays. Something like that. Yeah. I was, uh, I had one final one to ring out the new the end of this season and it was for there to be a doink in the Super Bowl and my sweet man Harrison Butker smacked it off the left upright for an extra point and I have never been happier in my life so thank you Butker for one last beautiful per- oh beautiful preposterous play thank you sir there we go great way to ring out the season Just absolutely electric. I was with you watching the game in Arizona. It was a really fun time. And when that when that happened, and watching you run around your house, 
it, it was a sight to see. Uh, shout out Harrison Butker uh, for doing your thing and hitting a doink and, you know, giving Bears fans Vietnam flashbacks. So, so it was a great Thank moment. You. I'm glad you got your your preposterous play in there. One last beautiful one. And, you know, hey, that uh, celebration might have been influenced by a couple kilt lifters and white Russians, but uh, that's the beauty of the Super Bowl, baby. That's just how we roll. That's how we roll. Well, I'm uh, I'm ready to talk a little bit of uh, NBA if you are. Let's divulge into some hoops, baby. It's that time of year. It is that time of year. We're right at the All Star break, officially. Thank God. Uh, officially at the All Star break. Uh, the last three games uh, of this uh, Thursday slate have been played. Um, my picks for today were awful, by the way. I apologize for anyone who tailed me on Twitter. Uh, should have thought things out a little bit more. Maybe I should have watched a little bit more Walker Kessler highlights for inspiration and some Zubak highlights. Um, really, really fell short with that. I don't, I don't know what was going through my head. Um, I blame Giannis it happens, man. Uh, for getting hurt and not coming back into the game. But, you know, say, say la vie as things go. I, I've been pretty good on price picks. So, Yeah, um, I do not follow NBA, and I threw together a little something-something for today. Uh, and I was like, hey, easy money here on this one for a little bit of Suns action for NBA on TNT tonight. And my sweet boy, Kawhi Leonard, I was like 20-plus, easy money. Kawhi had 33 last game, no sweat, no big deal. I turned the game on at halftime. That asshole has no points in the first half. He's 0 for 8 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3. He has made none. And then he dropped 17 in the second half. So great second half. But I still missed, and so so tough. And I I need to study up over this All Star break so I can get to the swing things now. That football's done because I'm 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 just struggling all around right now. Well, if there's anything to study up on, um, I would look a lot into usage rates uh, right now in the NBA. Um, I think that's the the biggest theme so far of the NBA this year is that usage rates with stars have been berserk, my guy. Uh, they've they've been out of this Leopard. world. Um I was watching um NBA today on ESPN. Um not great television with Kendrick Perkins, but they had another guy on who is uh who had some good takes. Um and I am totally with him. He, uh we talked a lot about how this year um how a lot of teams have kind of learned to develop some defense and um, more of a counter to how the NBA has changed mostly into a three-point shooting league. Everyone has to be a shooter. Uh, if you are if you can't score, you're not on the court. Um, I, have a, I, have, I have a little bit of a rebuttal to that, that take myself, but generally that's correct. Uh, if you can't score in, uh, in the NBA right now, you're not getting as many minutes as, as you really should. You have to be able to shoot. I mean... Yeah. Even Mason Plumley has developed a left-handed jump shot so he can stay relevant in the league. Love That's the Plumlord. Um, but usage rates with stars have been crazy. Like the way to to get around a lot of these teams who are shooting a lot is to get the ball into the hands of your stars and let them take as many field goals and um, assists as possible. This year, there have been thirteen players in the NBA with a usage rate over 30% in their offense. That's crazy. A regular NBA season, there's about six or seven guys, you know, your LeBrons, your Stephs, uh, guys who run the offense and are going to put up a lot of shots. Those are your guys who have usage rates over over 30% in the NBA. This year, it's 13. I can read you off, uh, off the list of guys right now um, who have a usage rate over 30% in the NBA, which is absurd. Uh, we have Giannis at number one. Uh, Luca, Joel, John Morant, LeBron James, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown. There's two guys on the Celtics who have a, a usage rate over 30%. That shows you how how their offense has been clicking and why they're the number one team in the East. Um, and also Donovan Mitchell and Stephen Curry. Just in that order. Just absurd usage rates right now in the NBA and how how the NBA has adjusted um, 
to just get a lot of field goal uh, field goal attempts for the guys uh, who you're building your fan- franchise around. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be three pointers. I mean, a lot of those guys uh, score from the paint. Um, the top, uh, I would say, four guys all or three out of the four, uh, top four guys scored most of their the majority from the paint. You know, Giannis, Joel, Ja. Uh, just a lot of takes uh, takes the rim and building around them to have your occasional shot to knock down some shots from three um, has been kind of the blueprint right now in the NBA. Um, and I think the lines that sports books are providing have shown a lot to do with that. I mean, today Giannis's points, just points and rebounds combined. Uh, we're sitting at 52 and a half, I believe. Like it was, it was crazy. Oh, sorry. 42 and a half Damn. points, rebounds and assists was, was 52 and a half. But nuts how much the uh these these guys are have the ball in their hands and have been delivering with their offense um just just crazy so when you're looking for for plays and stuff uh if you're wagering a little bit in the nba um you got to look a lot at those uh, those guys who have those usage rates really really high and have some high minutes um matchups mean a lot uh when you're betting day to day in the nba cuz it's very volatile for matchups and um who you're playing on a nightly basis, if you're going to get the minutes that you need to get an over, or if it's a blowout, maybe take an under. But I feel like that's the biggest theme so far is that there, and that's why uh, the MVP race is so open. There, uh, with all those guys uh, who have just been putting up stupid numbers this year. I mean, I feel like there's a a guy who scores forty points every every other night in the NBA right now. Like it's nuts. Mikael Bridges dropped forty on the Nets in his like third game with them. Uh, just the other day, like it's been crazy how offenses have uh, now um, adjusted to that kind of stuff. And um, when you're wagering, you gotta you gotta look at that stuff um, and seeing how offenses are running through their stars. So when you're when you're getting into it, uh, since you're now getting into the swing things in the NBA, I would definitely look at those guys um, and who's touching the ball. I mean, it's all about touches and field goal attempts when it comes down to those points and those combos. So that's my advice. That was very good. I have nothing to contribute because I have not been following NBA, but that was very in-depth, very well done. I will be taking those notes to heart as we come over the backside of this all-star break. Absolutely. Thank you for taking my advice. Um, Now to kind of flip um, into another section of... NBA. I don't know if we were going to discuss this or not. I want to get your opinions on some of that uh, trade deadline movement, some free agency buyout signings. Um, I mean, uh, the most obviously the most notable is Durantula, Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix for a team and a half. Um, I don't. Good, I'm good. still. I'm still iffy. I don't know yet. I want to I see like how Durant clicks with this. Um, I wasn't going to talk a whole lot about trade deadline stuff, uh, but I will. Um, I love the Durant trade on kind of on both ends. Um, it really, really sucks for, uh, Phoenix to give away such a key defensive aspect in Mikhail Bridges and a guy who's going to score you 20 points a night, but you get Kevin Durant and you gave up, you know, you gave up Mikhail Bridges, which is huge. Um, and a bunch of picks. Uh, but, and Cam Johnson, who is, you know, depth, but your starting roster is now CP3, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. Like, that's really, really scary. Um, it, the loser, I believe, in the trade deadline has to be, uh, Denver, in my opinion. Um, incredible. They have a, they have a great roster as is. Um, they have been clicking this year. They haven't been getting as much um, hype as a whole team. Jokic has, uh, has been getting plenty uh, of hype this year. Um, but as a team, they're clicking. Jamal Murray is back. Um, not a lot of people have given him enough credit this year. Uh, when he's played, he's been very, very talented. But not making a move to maybe snag one of those Toronto defenders now that Kevin Durant is in the West like that's that's really really tough. That's going to be asking a lot of your of your defense. 
Um, and I just don't know if you can outscore the Suns with Kevin Durant. Like he's statistically the most efficient uh, two point shooter of all time. Um, and the Nuggets don't have a lot of guys who can defend him. No, granted, no one in the in the league Very can true. really guard Kevin Durant night in night out. Fair point. But I mean, I just I just don't feel like Denver. They looked at what they did and just just sat there at the deadline when when so many moves were being made. Um, I hate what Toronto did at the deadline. Um, I feel like they're just sitting out this year. Um, I'm glad that they that they didn't you know try to go all in, but I'm very surprised that OG Ananubi is still a, a Toronto Raptor after this game, con- considering how valuable a defender Absolutely. he is now that Kevin Durant's in the West. Uh, very shocked that uh, that that move wasn't made. Um, and lastly, uh, trade deadline losers, I would say Chicago and the Wizards. Both both awful directionless uh, franchises right now. Um, yep. Chicago night in night out, very randomly can have a solid game that they put it together. But I mean, Lonzo's hurt. Uh, Levine's not as consistent. DeRozan's not as consistent. V- Vucevic isn't consistent. Like it's just they're in a bad stretch right now. So so disappointing. Like I mean, that they didn't dump one of those guys. Uh, to maybe do a light rebuild uh, or a retooling. Uh, very dis- uh, very gross in what's happening in Chicago. They just have no idea what they're doing, in my opinion, because um, mm-hmm. they can't go all in for a, for a star now. Like it's it's kind of they're just kind of dead in the middle, and that's always the worst place to be in both the NBA and the NFL. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I was going to talk about OG. I'm. I'm surprised you are. He didn't get moved anywhere. Um, the only significant pickup for Denver I saw was that they signed Reggie Jackson from the Clippers, which I think is a nice little pickup, but that's not great, really going to do much in this um, West. Just, I, I'm just, I'm just concerned with the defensive end of their, of their play. I really am. Yeah. No, yeah, it's Reggie Jackson's a great ad, but he's not going to do anything to help guard KD in the playoffs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, And then, there is now, of course, once again, the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes um, of him getting bought out by Utah, and I don't know. I don't see him doing much anymore. I think his forte and his style of play demands that he is the sole star of an NBA team because um, he butts heads with a lot of fellow superstars. He kind of does his own thing. I think he wants to be on a contender, but I don't see him – his style of play contributing that well to anybody at this point. If any team, in my opinion, could take a chance on Russell Westbrook for the remainder of the year, uh, if he gets bought out, which I hope he does, uh, to be honest, um, it should be the Clippers. Uh, he's played with Paul George before. He already has a, a good rapport with him. There was no harsh feelings when uh, when he was traded to the Clippers before. Um the only only problem with that is that Russell Westbrook is so ball dominant, um, and Kawhi and Paul George kind of need the ball in their hand. But th- that team needs a true point guard so so bad. Like if they had a a, a Chris Paul, for example, a younger Chris Paul. Um, if they had a younger Chris Paul, for example, just to have you know fifteen and ten, that they'd be the best team in the West. Like it's it's oh, wild yeah. to me. Uh, they're they are they're very very deep, um, but they just don't have a true point guard on that roster, and it's holding them back a lot. Like Kawhi and and Paul George can only do so much. Uh, they're great uh, down the stretch. Um, Kawhi's defense is still really good. He's still top of the league. Um, not getting as much coverage nationally, um, surprisingly, um, but. He's putting together a great year, and so is Paul George. Uh, the Clippers are a very sleeper team in the West. Um, they just don't have a point guard to facilitate and run an offense through right now. Um, kind of goes back to the uh, to what I was talking about earlier with uh, with usage rates. They don't have a guy right now with the trend with all those best teams, all those guys, uh, all those teams right now that have those superstars that are running their offense through them are the best teams in the league. Um, yeah. And the Clippers don't have one. 
Kawhi can't uh, can't facilitate, and Paul George can't facilitate like all those other guys that I listed off earlier do. Um, so if I had to guess, Russell Westbrook on the Clippers. Um, but I think the most intriguing guy right now uh, in the buyout market is Kevin Love, uh, who was just bought out. Yeah, earlier that was today. surprising. Um. I mean, not entirely surprising, considering that they they those guys have the twin towers that are really really good. I mean, Evan Mobley has made a slight step up this year. Uh, he was great last year, um, and Jared Allen is still one of the best centers in the league. Like those two are fantastic, um, and Garland and Donovan Mitchell can get the ball to them really well. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is incredible, um, but and Kevin Love was just kind of left. It was a very awkward position uh, remaining in Cleveland, so I'm not surprised he got bought out. But I wouldn't be surprised in the coming days if Golden State makes a move for Kevin Love. I think that would be uh, their biggest need is big. They need a big really, really bad. After after uh, getting rid of Wiseman, um, kind of a failed experiment, um, and wanted to save some money with uh, getting back Gary Payton, but they lost in the offseason, which is huge. Um, I think they're... Uh, I love Gary Payton. Always have. He's a he's a big part. Adding defense is very important now that Kevin Durant is in the West. Uh, but I would not be surprised if the Warriors make a move for Kevin Love. Um, I think he is probably at the top of the board for the guys who have been bought out. Um, very, very, very interested to see where he ends up in these coming days. I like that analysis. I didn't really put much thought into it, but I think that'd be a great pickup for Golden State. Yeah. All right. Um, as mentioned before, uh, we are in All-Star Weekend, uh, so we can talk a little bit more of the fun stuff uh, going around in the NBA. Um, we got some three-point contest stuff, some dunk contest stuff, some All-Star Game stuff. Uh, where do you want to start, Beer? Um, let's start with the, the fun stuff before the, ge- before the All-Star Game. Okay. Um, well... I'm very excited for this year's three-point contest. I think it's going to be very, I very fun. Too. It's going to be sweet. Um, there, we looked at some odds uh, pre-game um, just to see uh, who the who the books think is going to win it, and I disagree with them. I think the best value play right now um, for the three-point contest would be Kevin Herter on the Kings. I love Kevin Herter. Um, it's uh, the three-point how the three-point contest is operates just. It it just goes with his shot a lot. He's a spot up shooter, um, and he's been lethal from three this year. Um, I think he is the biggest sleeper in this year's um, three point contest. But I wouldn't be surprised if a Jason Tatum or uh, who else was uh, uh, who who else was at the top of the list? Um, it was Buddy and Dame tied first odds. But a buddy healed, I can definitely see because he's very streaky. Uh, very, very much can uh, can put together some uh, some great three point shooting. And Dame is obviously Dame. Um, but just Dame. A, a true spot up shooter, what the three point contest was built around, that's Kevin Herter. I really think that he has a great shot of winning it this year. Um, so I would look at that if you're looking at any props uh, for the three point contest. No, I like that. Um... I only took two picks from the three-point contest, and of course, those were both my Indiana Pacer boys, so Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halberton. Uh, I took Heald only because he's he is streaky, but he is, I believe, first in the league for made threes this year. Um, and Tyrese was a low low ball pick, high value, and I got to rock with my boys on that one. Uh, but I do like Kevin Herter. I think that's a good value play, especially with the way he's been performing this year. Um, Tatum, I know Sterling said he was going to, Sterling was going to take Tatum just purely on fan bias. So I wouldn't take Tatum if I were you. Um, maybe I wouldn't, I'd be skeptical in saying giving Laurie a look, but he's got really high odds and he's also extremely streaky. So very much of a toss up there, but if you're if you're a betting person, which the show's not about, but if you are, um, might be worth a little splashy sprinkle. Give it a look, see, see what happens. Uh, 
Um, I must say, I was very disappointed uh, with the NBA um, deciding to opt in uh, Julius Randle uh, for the three-point contest later uh, earlier today. Um, don't love that, considering Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope really was vocal about wanting to be in the three-point contest this year and uh, kind of got overlooked uh, for some strange reason. He's shooting, what was the number? He was in the 40s from three this year. Like, he has been lights out from three. I would have loved to see, yeah, shooting 45% from three. I would have loved to see him um, actually, you know, get a shot at it because that's not Julius Randle's game. I would have much rather seen a star like Julius Randle be in, like, the dumb contest that really needs some star power. Um, but the very odd choice for opting him in for, uh, the three point contest this year, I believe he's 33% from three this year. Not fantastic. It's just not his game. Um, I would have much rather him see him do something else, but oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I didn't understand that either. I wasn't even sure about other three point shooting statistics for the season, but I know very well that three point shooting is not Randall's game. I don't know why they threw him in there, but I don't think he's got a shot at winning. And I'm hoping me saying that's not going to come back to bite me in the ass later, but that's why he's bottom odds. So hopefully it'll be good. Nonetheless. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I, do expect a lot more from the three-point contest this year than I do the dunk contest. Um, I just have a very, very bad feeling that this is going to be shades of when Anthony Simons won, I believe, in 2019. Just a very, very boring dunk contest, and we're going to see a lot of it in the national media of, oh, why aren't the stars point, uh, dunking again? I, it's the same, uh, It's the same conversation we've had every year since 2016 with the best dunk contest like of all time um it only went down from there um how the nba hasn't seen hasn't like given some like incentives to to zach levine and eric gordon and john morant and zion to participate in the dunk contest i have i have no clue um because it's a very fun event um you can get really creative and you could just shows the the pure athleticism that is at the top of the league but you know when you have Jericho Sims in the dunk contest and G leaguer, Matt McClung. It's just kind of sad. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, uh, they can provide a little bit. It's just, Oh yeah. I just feel like there's just going to be a lack of creativity. I mean, we're not going to see any dunks that blow out the, uh, blow out a candle at the top of the, of the rim, like Gerald green, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I want it to be good. I really do. I really, really do. But I mean, I just feel like it's gonna—it's just gonna be a dud again. Um, I think Jericho Sims of of those four guys is probably uh, gonna win it. Um, he's got some bunnies, um, but I'm—I'm I'm not excited for yeah. the dunk contest, and I, I wish that they would change that a little bit. No, I I agree, dude. I looked—I was looking at the odds earlier because I wasn't the only person I knew for sure was gonna be in it was Mac McClung because they made such a big deal about it when because he's the first G leaguer to ever be in it. I mean, dude went viral for his dunks back in high school. Um, he didn't really do much, but he's the only person I picked just cause I didn't know the other guys. Um, they really do need to start bringing back some star power in here. And I'm hoping this is better than I think it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm for once, I'm actually more excited for the three point contest and the dunk contest, which is saying something. The NBA really needs to figure something out here because, yeah, that Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon dunk contest is an all timer. Easy. Yeah. I mean, John Morant said uh, himself in this offseason, he was in a sit down uh, interview with, with Taylor Rooks, and she asked what would it would take for him to be in the dunk cost. And he said, a million dollars. I mean, I feel like a million dollars is worth it to have John Morant. <laughs> have John Morant in the dunk contest, man. Like, Dude, that yeah, that's he that's not up some of the most terrible. insane dunks I mean, ever. There is, there's been no give him the Adam Silver can figure that out. They give the give man him... his million dollars and put on an absolute show. Give him the bag. I want to see a show in the dunk contest. Make the dunk contest great again. Yes, I, I miss it. it. It's just lacking. It is, and it has been for years. They really need to figure this out soon. 
I don't have um, any props or anything for the um, All-Star game individually. Do you have like uh, uh, any props, any uh, MVP odds that are, uh, that are in there? Um, the Kobe I haven't Bryant All Star MVP, MVP Award. I was uh, no, they haven't dropped any lines for that yet. But right now, it's currently Team LeBron is minus three on the spread. Um, and the over under is three twenty five and a half, and continuing to go up. Um, yeah, I'd smash the over. I mean, yeah, pick your poison there. Um, three twenty five as an over for a basketball game is absolutely absurd, but it is the All Star break, so. Always root for the over. It's the All Star game. Fun they don't play defense. They don't play no, defense. Never. Um, but the All Star game yeah. has been really good the last few years. I must say, it's been uh, they've the the new formats have improved it greatly. The new format's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, they uh, the NBA has been has adapted very well to how um, the players like to play in the All Star game, um, and it's mm-hmm. just fun. It's a very fun weekend. Um, I'm excited to see some of uh, the stars in, in Utah and, uh, hope they, hope they show out and especially in the dunk contest. I'm, I really want to see a good one. I'm just really scared. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I feel, I, I feel you dude. All right. Um, do you have anything else you want to uh, talk about for the NBA? Um, right now in NBA, I only got three futures picks right now. Uh, I got Lori Markkinen to win Most Improved. I got I took a flyer on Benedict Mothrin to win Rookie of the Year, even though it's pretty much a lock for Paulo. But the odds were too good as him in second, Paolo's not to. Yeah, I just that's also fan bias. I know. Um, and then I got Luca to win MVP. Um, it's still a toss up, but especially with the addition of Kyrie, I don't know how prevalent that's going to be. Even though they just released the first wave of potential first round pick or MVP votes. It seems like Jokic is pretty much a landslide from where the AP's coming from right now. So I don't know. That was a few weeks ago and I figured Deser- I'd throw deservedly those out there, so. But deservedly so, absolutely. But you know. I love Jokic. I, I will defend Jokic forever. How can you not? I mean I, I feel bad for Embiid, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, because of Jokic, but I mean, Jokic is a dog. It's, I mean, the other night they were like, ability, uh, it was, I mean, it just takes him to another level. No, he is. And uh, the other night the Mavs were playing, were in Denver and they're like, oh yeah, Luca and Jokic matchup is going to be legendary box office. Luca had 17 points in the first quarter and Jokic had like one, maybe, I think it was first quarter or first half for Jokic. They won, and Jokic still ended up with 14 points, 13 assists, and 10 rebounds. He still had a triple-double after playing a terrible first half. Like, yeah. dude, Dude's a fat Serbian guy who became a skinny Serbian guy and owns every court he steps on. It's really hard not, uh, not to argue Jokic, considering that Vegas night in and night out is now Jokic triple-double is m- minus money. That's it's absurd uh unheard of there's not much you can do and they're the top team in the west they're the best best team in the west by a good margin I, they're incredible they're i believe they were 19 and 0 when he's had a triple double like they they're really good it's really hard to argue that uh, that denver isn't the best and Jokic is not the mvp right now um but with mm-hmm. how deep the league is and how many guys have been have a high usage uh, usage rate um there's more of a conversation to be had. Um, I just feel like since there's so many, they're all kind of eating at each other's votes. And then Jokic is just sitting at the top. It's like, hey, I'm averaging a triple-double, and I have the best team in the West. So I should be the favorite. So makes sense. Um, I have no no beef yeah. with that at all. Nope, I agree. I agree with you. All righty. Uh, I kind of want to uh, let you have the stage a little bit for the State of the Union and college ball. There's, there's a lot going on right now. So what's going on? Um, college ball is, for lack of a better word, an absolute clusterfuck right now. Um, Purdue, being number one overall for a while, just dropped two straight, one on the road in Northwestern and dropped one today against uh, Maryland. 
Number four, Arizona got smacked in the mouth last weekend at Stanford, who has an under 500 record. Um, Bama went into Tennessee and got upset yesterday. I mean, it's, from what I can tell, March is chaos. Uh, the only team I still like right now, and is probably the odds-on favorite to win the national championship, is Houston. Um, they are the only team in Division One to have not lost on the road. They're playing dominant, great ball. I mean, it's other than that, this bracket this year is just going to be topsy-turvy, who knows what, because everybody who's not within the top three, I mean, even within the top three, we just saw Purdue drop two straight after only losing one. So there's very few consistent teams right now. Houston's the only one I can really see, because otherwise it's just any given night, something happens i mean it is just mayhem chaos i i've been still if you follow follow us and follow along on twitter i have still been putting out college plays in our show hiatus and unfortunately now i am 104 wins 108 losses and one push so i'm currently negative um which just i was doing really well i was really excited i was like shooting a 60 65 percent clip and then this whole season decided to go to shit, and I just can't get a, gra- a grasp on anything that's going on. I'm trying to do so much research with my picks, trying to make sure I'm doing things right here, and I just I can't figure it out. Every given day, there's something new going on. New Mexico State just canceled their entire season over a hazing allegation, so the WAC conference is absolutely losing their minds right now trying to figure out standings. Um... I mean, Gonzaga is not the powerhouse they once were. True, Timmy's not playing well. Um, I mean, it's just Mary's better. It's mayhem. The only, yeah. I mean, it's I Duke's not playing well. They're not even ranked right now. I don't think. Um, teams that are ranked are usually never ranked. Uh, St. Mary's just pulled out a close escape tonight against University of San Diego. Um, I mean, it, it was within three. Way too close for comfort. Um, I mean, it's it's really going to come up to the, the conference tournaments like it does every year, but I think this year is going to be more drastic than the others just because of how volatile the entire standing system has been. And, I mean, like I said, outside of top five, we've been pretty consistent, but Bama's dropped good ones. Purdue's just dropped two. Houston's lost. Kansas has fallen down quite a bit i mean there's no there's no dominant powerhouse this year like we've seen in years past i think last year what we saw with that kansas north carolina title game uh we could very well get just two random teams showing up in the in the final four and the the title game i mean it's just there's really until i could see until we all see where this season's going to end up for college ball who knows, man? Teams that should be winning are losing, and teams that are losing are pulling off crazy upsets. I mean, it's the beauty of college basketball, but that's what makes trying to pick it and betting it so damn painful because I think I know what's going on, then I don't. So State of the Union is it's an absolute mess. The union of college basketball is a mess. Choose wisely if you're not following along vigorously. Wait till March, and even then, tread lightly because it's going to be messy. But it's going to be a really, really fun tournament. It'll be fun, like it is every year. But I, uh, to your point, I feel like this is definitely one of those years. Was like this might be a a mid major uh, highlight year. Like there's a there's a lot of sneaky oh, yeah. teams in those mid major conferences right now. That uh, and how volatile the top is in in college ball right now. I would not be surprised if. You know, we see another Oral Roberts uh, make a move to the Sweet the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. You know, so oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, the fact. That, I mean, I'm looking at the current tournament winners. Um, actually, you know, we'll we'll go. We'll start with the Final Four because tournament winners is kind of crazy to be looking at right now. Uh, our top four for odds on that are Houston, Alabama, Purdue, and Kansas. Uh, and then you got UCLA, Arizona, Tennessee, and UConn just outside of that. Um, there's a lot of teams in here that have odds posted that I am 
baffled at. Um, like Xavier is plus seven fifty to make the Final Four. Xavier's played terrible this year. I mean, kudos to um, oh, what what the hell's his name? Sean. So he was the old uh, Arizona coach. Sean Sean Miller. They've they've put together some scrappy wins. They've done well, but the fact that they're under they're sub one thousand odds to make the Final Four after not like a stellar season is incredible. And then the team that is 50 odds lower than that at plus 700 Gonzaga. Like it's these teams that should be like storied great teams are not in it. Like Creighton's got better odds to make the final four than Gonzaga. Like it's just, the season's just, it's a mess. It's wild. It's honestly unpredictable right now, but it is so, so fun. I am so excited. Yeah, I I totally agree. The blue bloods, uh, blue blood, friend, uh, colleges aren't as impressive as they were in years past uh, this year. So it'll be really fun. Yes. I'm very excited for uh, for when March Madness uh, approaches a little bit more. I'm very excited for conference tourneys. I know you go to Vegas every year for the Pac-12 tourney, so I'm excited for you. Yeah, uh, Lucius will be in the heart of the beast this year if everything goes to plan. We're gonna be out there, Pac-12, Mountain West tourney, uh, seeing if uh, San Diego State and San Diego State's a heavy odds-on favorite to win the Mountain West, so I wouldn't be surprised there. I think they're almost minus five hundred at this point. They're um, they're, dom- they're very dominant in the Mountain West. Yeah, but Mountain West doesn't have much comp anyways, and San Diego State's always been a hell of a program down there. Um. Yep. And yeah, Pac-12 is honestly, there could be some low-level Pac-12 teams that can make some noise this year because nobody has really been dominant in the Pac-12 within their own conference um, except UCLA and U of A. But Arizona just lost. UCLA got blown out against USC. Pac-12 is going to be a shit show, and I'm so excited to see it unfold. The USC is very underrated. Uh, but I, if I had to pick right Absolutely. now who, who's going to win the, the tournament for the Pac-12, I would pick UCLA. Um, they're very good. As like, would I. Very, very impressive. Like, I would not be surprised yeah, if they're a Final Four team. I think they've... And I probably will pick them for a Final Four. Final Four. You know what? That's... I mean, they are plus 330 to make the Final Four, so I think that's pretty good pretty good value there for you but i agree no ucla is gonna win that i think um arizona might but arizona's kind of been falling off they've been dropping good games they're not shooting like they used to something's falling apart down there in the dirty tee and those boys need to figure it out before the end of season comes around um and unfortunately for my beautiful sun devils uh i think we're gonna be skipped out on this year which is fine because we've been playing some horrific basketball And I don't need that on a national stage. I don't need that pain on a national stage. Um, lost yeah, a brutal game against Colorado tonight, which we Awful. needed to win. We had James Harden courtside ready to cheer on the devs, and they shit the bed. They so were within sad. two and under a minute and lost by nine. So At awful. Home. Awful. We're dead. All the matters dead, but that's no okay. Longer in the bubble. I don't need to see that. Nope, not even close. Awful. If they make the tourney, it's a Damn miracle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically to sum it all up in layman's terms, college basketball is a mess. It's fun. It's going to be wild. March is going to be sweet. I'm excited. You got I am it? too. It's going to be great. You got anything else you want to uh, talk before we get out of here? As a matter of fact, Dre, I do. I have divulged into the world of golf which has been a tumultuous tumultuous scene for me but uh we're currently following along live with the genesis invitational in california i was inspired after the waste management open and uh watching ricky fowler hit some uh, sweet shots and then smacking a hole in one like this is this is my sign to divulge into a sport that hopefully will bring me more joy than pain as all the others have so far, because I can't seem to win anything. Um, For the Invitational right now, the only picks I have are the Sweet Goat, 
of our generation, Tiger Woods, to make the cut. And he is currently sitting two under after having three straight birdies to end out his first round. So Tiger's looking good. Uh, I have Rory McIlroy to win. And he is currently sitting at third best odds, I believe, to win the Invitational. Uh, yes, he is at plus 650, right behind Max Homa and John Rahm. Max Homa uh, Rahm electric. being the... I love Max Homa. I've thought so about electric. taking taking a shot at him, but I did not. Um, and then I have a two-leg lay of John Rahm top 20 finish and Ricky Fowler top 40 finish at plus 136, I think. Nice little sprinky to give me action throughout the throughout the tourney. So nothing crazy there. Golf's been fun. Um, and then if you are an avid DraftKings user, which again we're not a betting show, we do not give betting advice. No betting advice. Usually we've been a predominantly uh, FanDuel group, but uh, I've recently made a switch over to experience uh, different pastures, and I have found something that is worth noting. You can make selections on who will win what awards in the Oscars. And no some honorable shot. mentions I'd like to throw out there. Okay. Uh, Brendan Fraser to win Best Actor for The Whale is at minus 165. Lock. That's a lock and a half. Lock. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front to win Best Cinematography at minus 300. Pretty lock. high odds, but that movie was so good if you haven't seen it on Netflix. Catch it um, on Netflix. Runaway winner of Best Visual Effects, Avatar. Uh, way of the water is at minus fourteen hundred. So, if you got a large Lock. chunk of cash laying around and you want to place a bet on the Oscars, go crazy, go stupid. Um, and last but not least, uh, one of my favorite films of the year for best original screenplay at minus one twenty five is The Banshees of Inisherin. I keep butchering that last part, but I loved that movie. I thought Colin Farrell was fantastic. I uh, had to watch the Lock. whole thing with subtitles because their accents were so damn thick. Um, but that was just one fun, ridiculous thing that I didn't realize you could, uh, place wagers on. Um, so if you want to, want to get a little rowdy while you're watching the Oscars, if you got nothing else better to do, go crazy, go, go nuts, go stupid, start betting on movie awards shows because you got nothing else better to do. I will not be doing that, except I may take Brendan Fraser just because he's the king of all kings. Other than that, I will not be touching the Oscars. But I thought that was just fun and definitely worth a mention. You got problems if you're betting on the Oscars. On Yeah, for real. Games. If you listen Sorry. to us and actually take those, um, you got issues. But we do love the whale, so... Although, best director, everything, everywhere, all at once. Lock. Minus 300 on that one. So, Lock. If you want to, if you, if you want to, go for it. I'm definitely not going to, and I know Drew's not going to. If you're a little D-Gen piece of shit that wants to bet on that, go for it. Go crazy. But, you know, this is just a sports show that now talks about uh, the Academy Awards a little bit just because they gave us the option. So here we are. I'm a movie critic. I, I I get it. I'm part of the academy. Yeah, I watch I, wa- I watch South Park every once in a while. I know I know how these I know how these things work. Well, thank you very much for joining me. You got anything else before we let the people go? Um, no, nah, just be expecting more golf plays in the future. Um, I think that's going to be a nice little thing to pick up on the side, but definitely no more of this Academy Awards bullshit. But uh, only thing I got to add is it's. It's really damn good to be back. Totally agree. And uh, since we're uh, film nerds now uh, on this podcast, go watch Full Swing uh, on Netflix. Uh, the for the PGA yes. the PGA Tour uh, series. A uh, lot of a lot of good content. A uh, lot of behind the scenes. Uh, if you like the F one series, uh, executive produced by the same guys, uh, it's electric. Go watch it. It's going to be sweet. Also, new season for the F1 series coming out end of the month. Love it. So we got a slate. It's going to be sweet. Thank you for joining me, Luke. Love you, bud. Uh, Can't wait to talk to you again. And uh, we'll all see you at the window. Hey, it's always a pleasure, brother. Love being back. Love seeing your beautiful face. 
Let's uh, win these people some picks. Later, brother. See you, dude.